The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? Tonight's show, I have Christina Boudreau in studio. Right? In studio. And you just got back from India. Yes. And now I want to hear this because I've seen these photos that are just incredible with you with like all these Indian ladies in this like long street and it's just packed with hundreds. I don't know how many, but it looks like it goes forever. And then um, just all these other photos of you going to all these different villages. But I want you to give the full India experience to the listeners tonight yeah. so they can understand because I've never been there. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be honest. I'm a little scared of, uh, uh, of going out there. It's, it's very far yes. and it is just, uh, it's very intriguing though. Yeah. Um, I, I do actually think I want to, I want to make yeah. it out on one of these trips with you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. First of all, how far is the flight when you go there and how do you get there? So uh, the flight is close to 17 hours to Dubai mm-hmm. and then six hours down. So it is a gnarly flight. Okay, so you go to Dubai, and then is there like a, a big layover? Um, usually like an hour or two hours. Okay, good. Yeah, and then it's uh, two hours down. Oh, sorry, uh, like six hours down, depending on where you go in India. And I was just in southern India. Mm-hmm. And then this November and December, I'll be on the other side of the south part of India, and I have a layover in Qatar, which is like another part of the Middle East. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so some of you guys that are that are listening right now that might not know Christina, she's actually one of the ambassadors of the Whosoever's Movement. And she tours uh, globally. I've, I've, we toured together um, all over the United States and also in different parts of, of South America. But uh, this particular trip, you went out there, and you what did you do exactly when you got there? Where did you, where'd you end up staying, and who were you working with out there? Yeah, so one of my good friends um, – uh, well, actually, two of my good friends are missionaries mm-hmm. um, in India. They're they're nationals, so you know they're Indian. And the part okay. of India I went to, they actually speak the same dialect as my mom, because my mom's Indian, right? And so they speak Tamil. And so we were in southern India, and there, it's kind of a cool connection there, uh, just because you know when I was there, I stayed with the missionaries, and so my friend, his parents actually head up the biggest widows ministry in southern India, which was the picture with all the ladies that you saw. Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. So I actually. Wow. I want to talk about that first. That was really cool. That's a lot of widows. Yeah. So basically in India, like uh, the widows, so, you know, because India is, they actually wanted to change the name of the country to Hindustan because they, it's a, it's a Hindu nationalist government. Mm. And it's interesting because the Muslims and the Christians actually get along better in India than any other place in the world because they are the two most persecuted people groups. Really? And so the Christians in India, when you think of Christians here, right? Like it doesn't cost people anything to be a Christian here, but in India it costs them their life. Oftentimes if someone becomes a Christian from a Hindu family, they are completely kicked out and ostracized from their family. If someone becomes a Christian and they have a church, uh, Pastors are my friends. There are regularly put in prison. They're regularly persecuted. They're regular. Yes, they regularly have their churches burned down. They have a lot of persecution in India, and so they they get their jobs taken from them. It's a lot. And so my friends, basically in India, like because it's a Hindu government within the Hindu religion. Um, widows are seen as the lowest caste in India because they have a caste system, Mm. and so when someone becomes a widow they're basically kicked out of their house or they're taken to a, a part of a village and they're just dropped off. So as we're driving around India, you see these 
beautiful women, right? These grandmas and they're in these saris. It's like yeah. they're colorful outfits. Yeah. And they're just curled up on the side of the road with flies all over them. Really? Um, they're begging, yes, because they're seen as a curse to the family. Because like the the, the Hindu, the re- yeah, really? and, and because of the whole Hindu religion, they believe that if you're a widow, you must have done something wrong in your past life. No way. And so they, they have reincarnation. Yes, though. and so my friends, they have this orphanage, and where basically, you know, they started this orphanage in a village, you know, for kids that have been abandoned because uh, sex as. We we were talking about sound of freedom trafficking is a huge issue in, in india. india huge issue there's a huge trafficking of children and so my friends all these kids that are abandoned they take them and they start an orphanage and then when they went to these villages they saw all of these widows that had just been abandoned you right. know that had no one and so basically so say if you have like a house right where you have like someone's children with their spouses and kids living as soon as they become a widow they're kicked out of their house and they're forced to sleep in their backyard if it's raining inside yeah if it's raining outside the widows are not allowed inside and so a lot of them are just like underneath trees and then they just like get wet and they're begging on the side of the road it is one of the most devastating things you've ever seen and yeah it's crazy and so my friends basically started this ministry called sangeeta hope about 15 years ago Mm. if you guys want to know more go to sangeetahope.org and they basically go to 17 villages and they have 900 widows that are registered with their program they bring so that picture you saw they bring all the widows to the compound Mm -hmm. They share with them the gospel. That day I actually did a song uh, for them, uh, but it's by Hillsong. It's it's called Who You Say That I Am, and it says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me, right? Mm-hmm. I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me. And so I shared with the widows, like, that the king has a seat for them at his table, you know? And so my friends, they share the gospel with them. I sang for them. They said no one had sang for the widows in over 10 years, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, they speak the same dialect as my mom. And so it was cool because I was able to share with them in their language, you know, just some words of encouragement, which was awesome. So they they were pretty stoked. Yeah, they were super stoked. And basically after that, they pray for them and they give them enough rations for food that Mm -hmm. lasts a whole month. Right. And what this ministry does but, is that... But really yeah, quick. Yeah. So these widows, they they get the food from, from your uh, mm-hmm. friends, but they live in the streets. Like there's no place for a widow to stay. There's no housing or anything. There's no housing. So what my friends are doing is that they actually have built houses for these widows. Right. So they have like funding. And so they each build a house for these widows. And we went to this one widow's house where it was like a house on a compound. And then they built them this house where, you know, it's like just perfect enough for the widow. Right. And when we got there, I said, hey, like, who are these other people in this other house next door? And they were like, oh, that's their children and their grandchildren. I was like, they had to build a house, which was less than 10 yards from the main house for the widow because they won't let their mom inside. Are you serious? So it's like a full on like a religion thing. That is in. It's very sad. And so these grandmas, a lot of them, like, you know, they don't have like teeth. They're really cute, you know. Of course. Uh, when you we can only imagine. Pr- yeah, for sure. And so these widows, as we just like, just like hugged them, prayed for them, like cried with them. I looked into their eyes and I just said, you are beautiful. Jesus loves you. And they just broke down because a lot of them are forced into prostitution. Really? A lot of them. yet. Yeah, for money. Or their families will force them into prostitution. A lot of them. 
even when they get their food, this is the problem that they're having with their widow's program right now is that the widows will often get a ration of food, right? Which is rice and lentils and some other things. And they'll go to their families, right? Their kids and grandkids to offer it to say, hey, I can contribute to the family. Can you now let me inside? And they'll take the food and they'll still kick the widow out. What the heck? This is just Yeah, no, it's devastating. Yeah. But it's beautiful because... These, this ministry has built so many houses for these widows. Yeah, that's the, awesome. They always come to their compound once a month. They're helping them with medical stuff. They're mm-hmm. loving on them. And so when the Bible says, you know, that, that pure religion is loving the, the widows and orphans, that's yeah. what my friends are doing. Yeah. And so my friends, that's like one part of their ministry that they have. But another part is that my friend, um, he's like the the husband and wife. Their names are Paul and Grace. The husband was a national cricket player for India, like Olympic, you know, yeah, status. He's totally. older now. So with them, a lot of our outreach here, right, is like, you know, we could do big crusades or we could do everything or that, but in India, everything is underground and it has to be underground Mm -hmm. because of the persecution. So for them, they reach the youth through sports ministry. Right. So they have this organization kind of like FCA and different things, but they basically go to the slums and they start coaching kids like soccer, cricket, you know, basketball, volleyball. And that's how the kids basically they do uh, Bible studies with the kids. Mm -hmm. They do these things called prayer cells where they go to their homes, you know, and then from there they do Bible studies and they do a church on Fridays. And these kids, that's how they end up coming out of the slums and they end up playing like professionally, like even one of my friends um, down there. Wow. He came from the lowest slum in southern India, like horrible, horrible conditions. Got saved through the sports program. He ended up now become. He's now a pastor. He's now like, you know, like bringing all these kids out of the slums, mm-hmm. coaching them, and so from there, that's how you know we ministered to a lot of the kids in their programs. I want. I want to go back to the slums. So yeah. Break down what these slums look like for people that don't. Yeah, so Understand. so the slums what does a slum look like and are yeah. these kids homeless or are they living with their families in the slums? Yeah, so the slums in India like so my my own mother she grew up in Malaysia where the Indians like when you think of like how Mexicans are field workers here yeah. in California. Yeah. So the Indians are like field workers in Malaysia so they grew up in like kind of like works camps, you right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm talking like not even cardboard boxes they don't even have cardboard there i'm talking like they do put bamboo leaves together and they live in like these huts Mm -hmm. or they call them like squatters you know no running water they're on the side of the roads they're like begging for food we went to a lot of like uh, churches like i did worship at some of these churches in the slums in india Mm -hmm. and they literally will pack it's like biblical times they'll pack like 50 people Mm -hmm. in like a very small area like in their like These one are like bedroom underground house. churches too. Yeah, they're underground. Can't, can't yeah, yeah, they're underground churches. And these people literally have nothing like these girls like that they take from the slums. Right. And they like teach them, you know, volleyball and all this stuff. Some of these girls play at a national level. And I went to one of their practices and some of these girls, like I noticed one of the girls, I was like, why is she practicing barefoot? Like this is volleyball practice. They were like, no these girls, they have money for shoes. And I was just like, man. And so, like, you know, my friends, so I had brought a certain amount. So I, like, was like, hey, get these girls' shoes, like, for volleyball, you know, so that they are able to go, like, far in their sport. Because when they go far in their sport, they're not able to only provide for themselves but for their families. Mm -hmm. And so the slums in India are so – 
so incredibly devastating because again you have even when we went to the slums there's a lot of very slimy like people too you know a lot of trafficking of children right because it's like the ghetto so yeah. you have the traffickers you have the drugs you have all the the corruption prostitution yeah, so within the yeah a lot of slums. drinking a lot of that a lot of times one of the issues we had that one of the, a part of the widow's ministry these people they basically go to the slums and they employ some of the women from the slums to hand make some things okay. because basically their husbands will stay at home and they'll make the wives go prostitute themselves. The wives will come home with money and then the husbands go use it on gambling and alcohol. It is very devastating or they'll like sell their children, their children yeah. and they'll prostitute their children yeah. out. Yeah. So it's very devastating. But in the midst of that, I like I, one of the days, for example, like I this went, this is why they need Jesus. Yeah. So this is bad. why they need Jesus. So bad. Like I went to, we went to one of the slums one day to like, I, and I led worship and it was crazy because my first day I got to India, my hand was completely strained where like this, my left hand, I couldn't even hold up my Bible. And I was so frustrated. I was like, what did I do with my hand, dude? And it was crazy because that first day we were leading worship. This was actually for some of the girls from the slums. The pain in my hand completely went away because it was like God gave me a grace. And then the pain came back after worship. Then the next day I was praying and I was like, Lord, just please heal my hand. And I was leading worship for these kids in the slums. There's like 40 people in one house, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. the one bedroom house yeah. leading worship. And my, the Lord completely heals my hand. And I was Jeez, just like, wow. Up. And it was like so raw yeah. because these people, the only thing they have is the Lord yeah. and they don't really have anything, but the little they have, they're willing to give. Mm -hmm. And so and you see a big difference between like, American Christianity for sure, and and when you go out outside of uh, yeah. United States, you know. Yeah, and so that was really cool. Like even in the slums, and so my friends from there, um, they have this program where they go into the schools, and the schools have opened up the doors for us. And these are like schools where ninety percent of the kids are Hindu and mm -hmm. Muslim. Very percent, small percentage are like believers. And so, like, and my mom grew up Hindu. A lot of my mom's family is still Hindu. I'm visiting my mom's family in September for a couple weeks, and I walk into my family members' houses there, and they're like, they're very Hindu, they you know? The Hindu gods. I have a question mm -hmm. about Hinduism. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many gods they have, or is it, it's, like, it's like thousands, right? Yeah, they literally have, like, hundreds of, yeah, definitely thousands of gods, but it, what's crazy is that in the Hindu faith, a lot of them, like, for example, when I went to Malaysia, my cousin's a doctor. He owns, like, a four-story house. Okay. Crazy, right? Crazy money. I walked into his house. This was in 2019. And he had, like, a cross of Jesus, a portrait of Jesus amongst all the Hindu gods. And I all just gods, was, yeah. and I asked him, I was like, I was like, do you believe in Jesus? He's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And I was like, but why do you have all this other stuff? He's like, oh, he's one of the gods. One of the gods. So that's how, that's what a lot yeah, of the, the Hindu, yeah, that's one, a lot of what the Hindu people believe. And it's crazy because literally that was one of the things I saw when I went to India is that on every corner in India, there's a little idol with someone who's assigned to that idol that day and night. They like worship the idol. There's people playing drums, like people in the streets really? yeah worshiping the idols yeah they're very like 24 hours a day 24 hours a day there's always wow. people and there they'll be like drums coming through the street with like a cow pushing pulling a cart with one of their gods there's worship to their idols all the times and that's one thing that wow that's pretty crazy yeah it's crazy so even within the temple the hindu temples mm -hmm. in india that's one thing that 
I love about a f- the famous missionary Amy Carmichael, right? Mm-hmm. When she went to India, she saw that there was a lot of children being prostituted in the temples. Really? In India, in the Hindu temples. Like, they had, like, brothels, you know, for the children in the temples. What year was this when she was there? I think she was there in, like, the early 1900s. Really? And to the mid. And so Amy Carmichael helped, and I, I could be getting the time frame wrong, yeah, but yeah. it was in the last hundred years. yeah. yeah that she helped rescue a lot of these children and she put an end to temple prostitution in India. Wow, they which, were doing that back then. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because it was a part of their worship, Yeah, which is what we see now in the mainstream world. It's uh, a part of the worship, uh-huh, right, with everything happening. Uh-huh. So long story yeah. short, so my friends, they go into um, the schools here, and when we went to the schools, uh, we did assemblies for the girls. And one thing that I realized going to India is that the girls – Women in India aren't valued. 80% of women statistically have been raped, but 100% of women have either been uh, sexually assaulted in public. This is like you're on broad daylight, and there could be a, a girl driving home, walking home from school. Yeah. Someone will come by on a bike. A man will assault her and just go off. Really? Yes. Public transportation, same thing. Like, for example, right? We were at a school, and this one girl made a statement. She said the only, this is a young teenage girl, she said the only place a girl is safe in India is in the womb, in her mother's womb, or in the grave. No way it's that bad. Why is it that Why is it that crazy? I mean, it's just... So, like, women there, like, girls there, that's why a lot, for example, a lot of families, when they have a girl, they will often, there's a huge thing in India right now, my friends that are missionaries there have told me, because it's illegal to know the gender of a child before the child's born. Okay. So oftentimes in India, when someone has a girl, they oftentimes will kill the child or they'll like kill the child through different areas, like through like, you know, a pill or something, because they don't want to have to deal with having to protect their daughter. Dang. Because it's it's I couldn't even imagine. I mean, just the thought of like Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh like women are followed, women are assaulted. If there's a man that approaches a woman or a young girl, right? And she you know how like a lot of women get cat called, right? If she um, and a lot of women are stalked and followed. So if she, you know, denies that guy, uh, there's a huge thing right now in India where men will put acid in eggs and they'll throw it or they'll throw acid on the woman to completely disfigure her to where to tell her if I can't have you, no one else will. Insanity. So what, yeah. what did this girl in the, in the school say? So she said the only place a woman yeah. is safe or a girl is safe in India is in her mother's womb. Or in the grave. So now, when you're there with these girls, you're you're based, like, what are you telling them? So just speaking to them, yeah. So we're going you're in to, the public schools. Yeah. So we're in the schools, and when we go into the schools, we're basically, you know, because like I'm American going in, right? right? So they're like, yeah, for sure. So I'm going in, and a lot of what we do at kill the noise messages. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. I share my story. Yep. I share the gospel. You're allowed to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like. Incredible. They have anti-conversion laws, and so let's just say that there, I, a lot of the prayer of salvation wasn't really allowed, but I did it. It's like Mexico. Yeah, you can't talk about God, okay? And then we just, yeah, yeah, I do it anyways because the teachers are outside the classroom. They're like, okay, cool, you know, like you can go in, and so I did. You know, I shared because that's one thing. You know, I share about. 
you know, even my story about, you know, the gospel, the restoration of Christ. And I told Which your story has a lot of, uh, yeah, um, a crossover with abuse and sure. sexual assault and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, all of that. And so with a lot of these girls, I tell them, I'm like, listen, like, you know, I share with them the full counsel of God and I share with them, like, to follow Christ, you have to, I use the word idols. You have to put your idols away. Even one of my friends was like, Christina, you know, we could get yeah. in trouble, right? Yeah. And I was like, dude, we have to share. Like, it needs, I need to, I, I need yeah. to lead these girls to Christ. Because yeah. so, if they just add Jesus to their, all their idols, here yeah, you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so um, I did that. I did that at all these, you know, at all these schools. And these girls are genuinely coming to Christ. Because my mom came to know the Lord out of a Hindu background. Some of her family came to know the Lord out of a Hindu background. Over there or here? Um, in Malaysia and here. Okay. Yeah. Cause some of them moved here and, um, it was actually funny. One of my aunts who came to know the Lord, she like gave all her Hindu gods to my other aunt who doesn't know the Lord. I'm like, no, no, no. We need to burn the idols. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You don't like, but one thing that's crazy, Ryan, even to go for a second is that when I came, my friends in India, when I was there, they said to me, you know, my, my, that are strong believers, they said, you know, it's crazy, Christina is your country has just as many idols as our country does. And I was thinking, like, dude, we don't have these kind of idols on the corners. But she's like, you do. But Satan has just disguised himself through music, through the mainstream world that so many people are bowing down, but just in different ways, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But anyways, and so when we go into the school, same things. I'm sharing with these girls just about, you know, their value in Christ and how and, and the gospel and who God is as a father. And this one girl, for example, at a school came up to me and she just said, you know, I've, I've never told anyone this, but I, she was living, long story short, with the several family members who were regularly sexually abusing her, which is a story of these girls in India. Because when you're Indian, Indian people live in communities. So say, for example, if you have a, if you have your parents, right? And if you get married and your siblings get married and, and you all have children, you all live under the same roof. Hmm. So growing up, and right. they, that's just how they that's do they it. Used to do back in the in, in yeah in those days too. Yeah, for sure. So they all live within community, and so for her, her dad, this girl's dad had died, and so when she told her mom, like, "Hey, these people are sexually abusing me," her mom was like, Shh, "Just please be quiet because we have no one here to protect us." Right. And that's the same thing with you know it's what her mom said. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. Crazy. So I mean, yeah. now here they're hearing about God. And they're putting their faith in in, in Christ. Now, are they yeah. able to? Um, so, so you were going to different schools, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, are they able to? How is your group able to stay plugged in with them? Or yeah, or um, what do they do next? I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. So even with this girl, you know, we were able to share with the principal, and the principal of the school is actually a believer, which is oh, awesome. Perfect, yeah, perfect. So she was able, you know, she's dealing with that situation. Mm-hmm. So basically, we went to all the schools where my friends who are working with this uh, sports ministry mm-hmm. are present. So we're able to plug them in, yeah. you know, yep, with the sports ministry, right and from there they have their prayer cells and church and all that stuff. So that's it's, how it's a lot so, of this. Yeah, you know what's interesting. It's so gnarly. Like when you go into these areas, because it's not like the American Christianity where you can go in. Share the gospel, and you're like, okay, guess what, guys? Like us in the school. So right now, you guys all gave your life to Christ. There's the Bible club right there. Yeah. This is the main guy. You could come here at 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 two o'clock or at lunch at this classroom. There, it's a whole different program. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Like God opens yeah. these doors to go into a school where you can't talk about God or Christ or do anything. And here God opens the door. You're yeah. sharing. It's just, it, it's what I'm trying to say is everywhere you go in the world, there's a different technique mm-hmm. because just depending on, on the situation. Yeah, I know for sure. And that's what I love about like one of the missionaries there, um, him and his wife had up the widows program. He was saying that a lot of their, cause they have leaders that come from all over India that come to like a training kind of camp they do like once a year. And he said that like two of their people were just put in prison yeah, (laughs) because of like, you know, they were trying, they were sharing the gospel Yeah, with these young people. And he said, and he said something, he's like, you know, one thing I told them was what a blessing that you get to suffer for the Lord in this way that you've been imprisoned for the gospel. And that's how they see it. Like, they see it as a blessing. How do they do it there in prison? Is it, is it like a certain amount of years or like a couple months or a fine? or? You know, I think a lot of it is like, it's like pretty much up until they basically say, okay, I'm not going to keep doing what I'm going to be doing anymore. Right. Or they might give them a certain amount of time. They didn't get into a yeah. lot of those details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Yeah, that's, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah. To find out, because you know China, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty it's pretty gnarly too. Yeah, no, for sure. And they don't look like. And my friends were even saying that the Hindu government, like, say, like on Easter Sunday, right? If there's different churches in India, they have a lot of the Hindu government nationals that go and sit in on these services to see what they're doing. Uh Oh yeah. And the way they threaten them. So he said that on Easter Sunday, he had given a message at his church, and there is. one of the Hindu national government people that came up to him and was basically threatening him and was like, show me your books. Cause that's the only way they can get to them. Right. And he's like, okay. You know, and he's like, we're clean. Everything we do is like, you know, whatever, yeah. but they look at their books to see what ministry they're doing in the street with the widows, with right. the outcasts, with the orphans who are seen as the lowest caste, mm-hmm. which threatens their way of life, which is, you know, their Hindu government. Wow. So yeah. it's pretty crazy how, and that's what they even, the, the, the Indians in India told me, they were like, Christina, honestly, what we experience here is coming to your country. (laughs) They're going to try to shut you guys down too. Like we're already seeing it by like what we're allowed to say in church. Right, right, with the free speech and all that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, I I heard heard recently, um, I think it was the UN, they had AI rewrite the Bible. Did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they, so that's probably like that really, uh, well, they rewrote it, so it's probably not offensive, right, to anybody. And there's like a new uh, world church. My mom just sent me a picture. It's like all the different religions can all worship together. So what the Bible teaches, it's all coming, but it's it's actively, you know, the persecution, what we're seeing in these other third world countries, communism and, and different things, yeah. you're going to see that here in yeah. America. Yeah. That's amazing. So, um, so you, how many schools did you hit when you were out there? Uh, so we basically did, we did four schools, but at each school we did multiple assemblies because right. the schools are so big. Right, yeah. So we did like, I think total, I thought originally it was around 800, but my friend came back. She's like, no, it was like 930 something girls we Dang, hit. Dang, that's Which amazing. is huge in India because mm-hmm. they, you know, most of these girls have never, like this, this one girl came up to us out of school and was like, you know, I was sexually abused my whole life, but no one ever told me it was wrong. Really? Yeah. So, be, yeah, because they just grew up like, that's just a normal way of life. Everyone, yeah. it happens to everyone. And so they don't, and it's a shame-based culture. So if you talk about it, you're ostracized. If you talk about it, you're, you know, you're seen as like, you're basically shamed. And yeah, so. keep it all undercover. Yeah. And that's what I love about Jesus. Like, I was just like, I was like reading over here, you know, earlier, just like even the story of 
the woman at the well, you know, and just the woman who was caught in adultery or just like all these women in the Bible. I feel like Jesus always, what Jesus did in biblical times is what my friends are doing now in these places in India. They're giving these women back their value. Mm -hmm. They're giving them back their voice. And, you know, we talk about like women's rights here in the U.S. and all that stuff, but like, and people are like, oh, Jesus, like, empowered women. But I'm like, no, not in the way that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus basically valued women, that the basic value that a woman has or that a girl has that's been taken from them by, you know, them being cast out, like the widows or these girls that are being sexually abused or assaulted, Jesus restored value back to women in those ways. Yeah. Not women in the way of making women to be men. Right. You know? Yeah. and Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we're going to be going to a break in a minute, but this is incredible. Uh, Christina Baudreau uh, just uh, out in India, touring the schools in a place where they have found, I think, do they have, they have to have like hundreds of thousands of gods or something. I mean, I, I yeah. read on it. It's like something crazy. Like they have a God for, for everything. And Jesus mm-hmm. Christ is, is one of them. Yeah. And there's also in India, I've, I've seen some documentaries and stuff. There's a lot of witchcraft because when you start messing with those gods, um, you know, a lot yeah. of demonic stuff, they're putting like those knives through their lips and their tongues and their nose. And they're walking mm-hmm. on like their knees mm-hmm. for, for miles upon miles. I mean, yeah. you can't just do that stuff in your right mind. I mean, it's it's pretty gnarly. And then the prostitution with the kids back in the old days. Mm. Pedophile. And, and that's still ha- yeah, and that's still happening just not so much in the in of the course. temples now, but yeah. there's a lot of trafficking of kids, but there's the biggest thing right now is organ trafficking. Harvesting of organs. You know, I was just talking to John Randall about that. Um, well, we're going we're going to come back after the break, but dude, thank you for going. This is intense crazy stuff that's going on over there in in india um don't forget listeners go to uh ryan reese official on youtube we have all of our past shows i've had christina on several times talking about different tours in the different parts of the uh the world um go to the whosoevers.com you can check that out we um we tour the the we tour all over the world i mean all over south america central america united states india we went to australia we will go Anywhere, invite us out. We'd love to bring the gospel to your city, in your schools, to your churches, wherever God opens the door. We'll be back in two minutes after the break. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now, back. Back. To the Ryan Reese Show. Studio with Christina Baudreau. She is one of the Whosoever ambassadors, and you've heard her on the show many times, many times. And she's a uh, she's been touring all over the place. I mean, we went down to Chile together. We went down to Iquique. You've been on several trips in in, in America, um, California, and now we're just talking about this India trip. So before the you know before the break, we were just talking about the culture about. The, the the slums, um, you know, widows when they lose their when they lose their husband, they kick him out of their home. I mean, just crazy stuff. Even pedophilia within the temple back in the old days. But now I want to hear about you uh, some encounters you had because I know you went to schools as we were yeah. talking about sharing the gospels in the public schools in India, which is like insane. It's illegal, mm-hmm. um, and the doors mm-hmm. open for you. So tell me yeah. some cool encounters that you had with a couple individuals. Yeah, so there it was really cool. I mean, we went we were at this one school where um I went and did um 
I did, we did two classes. It was kind of break it up into age groups, you know. Yeah. I did a group of like the older girls, and it's crazy how the girls in India, like, you know, they come from these gnarly areas, but they, the same issues we see here in the US is the same issues they have there. Like what? Like that because a lot of them have experienced abuse, a right. lot of them um, are suicidal. Like even there was this girl that's a part of their like sports, like ministry right. that had uh, committed suicide right before we went there, you know, mm. and suicide's very common because a lot of these girls feel like there's no way out. Yeah. A lot of these women feel like there's no way out. Like they're trapped in a culture where they are being abused at home, assaulted on the streets, um, you know, even on public transportation, they're molested on public transportation because there's so many people in a bus, you know. No way. And so it's they truly feel like they're nothing. And so we went to this school, you know, and as I just started sharing with these girls, like I could, these girls are older, they're like juniors and seniors in high mm. school. I could see in their eyes, you know, that and there's a culture and they're a culture, the Indian culture, I come from the Indian culture. Mm. It's a culture where everything's based upon performance and perfection. So these girls are raised to become doctors. They're raised to succeed. And so any type of weakness, any type of sharing about struggle is looked down upon. Got it. And so with these girls where they're forced, you know, to get, it's like straight A's, perfect in school, perfect in sports. Like it's an unrealistic expectation they have that, you know, I could see in their eyes. And so at the end I had the girls close their eyes at this, you know, for the older classes. And I said, you know, if, if you've been sexually abused, mm-hmm. can you raise your hands? Dude, so many of these girls' hands have were raised. I said, if you, same thing, if you've been, if you're dealing with cutting or depression, raise your hands. So many of these girls raise their hands. Wow. If you're dealing with suicide, raise your hands. So many of these girls raise their hands. And, you know, we prayed for them to receive the Lord, praying, you know, against just a lot of the oppression, yep. all this stuff. Absolutely. And, it was crazy because when we when I went when I transitioned from that class to go to the next class, there was a, a younger group of girls. This is this was probably junior, was that junior high? Or, or yeah, like, it was probably I think like school. seventh eight seventh grade to like sophomores in high school. Yep. You know, there was like a few grades. And I just began to ask questions. And this is like the first time in these girls' lives that they're talking about these issues, you right. know, where I, I'm asking these girls, you know, like, what are some of the pressures that you face today? And this one girl's telling me, you know, because in the Indian culture, in the southern India, these girls are darker skinned mm-hmm. and in the north, they're lighter skinned. Mm-hmm. And if you're darker skinned, a lot, what a lot of these girls do is that they get this cream that they put on their face that basically bleaches their skin mm-hmm. to make it lighter, which is crazy because here in the U.S., people try to get tan. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So these girls are telling me this one girl's sitting in the front row sobbing, telling me about how she her whole life was bullied. She was told that she was like a dog. She was, she's tried to bleach her skin and just telling me about her issues. And then she now feels like she has a voice. So this other girl starts telling me about how she was bullied because of her body, you know, that, that she was bullied because people said she was too big. And so she stopped eating. And so she now is like too know. small yeah. and then she's bullied cause she's too small. Oh my and then one by one, like all these girls, it just became almost like a group counseling session with Jesus where these girls are just sharing about their, their struggles mm-hmm. about what they have gone through with depression, what they've gone through, you know, with suicide and all these things. And these girls, you know, I prayed, you know, they received Christ and, you know, and on the way out, like, I'm just like 
hugging them, praying over them, telling them like how much they're loved by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing, you know, like when we go into these places, the only thing I could offer people that is lasting is the gospel. Yeah. Is the love of Christ. Yep. And so by me going in and even like praying for them to turn to Jesus and put away their idols is technically illegal. (laughs) You know? Yep. But I realize like this is the only chance like Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, like even this weekend, I'm I'm teaching at Sonia and David Trujillo's women's conference at their church, and they gave me the passage of the versions, you know, with their lanterns being lit to be brought in, and then the banquet halls are going to be shut. Mm. Like, I want to make sure that the seats in Jesus's house are filled. Mm. I'm not going there to be like, oh, you're loved and you're valued. Like, that has no lasting impact on a girl who's being assaulted, abused, you know, like her whole life, (laughs) that doesn't do anything for them. And so, um, yeah, that was like a couple of the stories. And there was this other school we went to um, where this girl, same thing, there was an older group of girls. And we were talking about just a lot of the, uh, at that, that specific session, I was talking about gender identity, which is starting to come into their schools. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So what we're seeing over here, is that happening? Yes, it's happening too in India, but for them, it's different because in the United States you have like, it's an attraction issue, right? It's Mm. like, you know, people want to change their genders and they're attracted to so-and-so. But with these girls, I asked them the question. I said, I said, how many of you have ever maybe thought like, you know, I want to be a boy. So many of them raised their hands and I said, well, why? Of different reasons. Yeah. And they said, Uh, well, if I, if I were a boy, we like, we're protected. Yep. If I'm a boy, I'm safe. I have more freedom. And I'm just thinking, man, like these girls want to be a gender other than what they are specifically because it's a protection issue. Protection. And then I began to ask questions. Well, why? And then this girl's like telling me like, well, because if I'm walking home from school, Mm -hmm. I won't be assaulted. This other girl, if I take the bus, I won't be molested. This other girl, you know, um, I don't have to worry about, because, you know, the sun sets earlier during the wintertime. If I'm walking home from soccer practice, and these girls, the slums, they don't have transportation. Right. Like, I won't get, yeah, I won't get catcalled. Or this one girl had told us, you know, because we we had an event that went later, and we were like, hey, can we get you, they have these, like, tuk-tuks, you know, they're, like, open, or, like, an Uber. We were like, hey, can we get you an Uber or something? She said, no, 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 I'd rather have the tuk-tuks. It's like almost like a bike that has the thing. I think you guys rode one in the Philippines. She said, I'd rather take that. And we were like, well, why? You know it's going to take longer. She said, well, because if I go into a car, they can't drive around the corner Lock oh the doors and rape me. God, it's just like that. Yeah, she's like. Are there, I mean, are, is there just like a bunch of like unwanted kids, or I mean? Yeah, I mean, th- so obviously, so what often happens in India, Ryan? I can't is, believe it's just so crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. But one of the things that happens in India is that these young girls in the Hindu faith, they could be 12, 13 years old. And we were in a city in southern India, but most 70% of India is like villages. I'm talking like Jesus time villages. Right. Like yeah. very poor, yep. like nothing. Like there's like cow, even in the city, there's like cows walking around. It's like really gnarly. And these young girls are often married, like 12, 13 years old. They're married to men in their 40s and 50s, right? What? That happens out there too? Oh, for sure. That's normal there. 
So these young I mean, girls. I heard that was like, you know, some tribes, you know, in, in Africa or whatever. But yeah, that, that happens in India. Yeah, arranged marriages. It's like these, mar- these young girls <laughs> with these older guys. And so oftentimes, even within villages, they often get married to like their cousins. And so they have children, of course, that have, you know, special needs who are also outcasted. Oh it's so gosh. sad, dude. So anyway, so you get these young girls. Well, this is what happens when you get God out of the uh, oh, equation. Oh, yeah. The, you know yeah I mean, this yeah. is like a godless. For sure. So you get these young girls that get married off to these older guys. And, you know, they might have a couple kids. And then these older guys, you know, will die. So you have this young single mom. At this time, she could be 20 with two kids. As she's more eligible to get married again, but the new husband she gets married to is like, well, I don't want your kids, right? You, you got to ditch the kids. So the wife will just ditch the kids on the side of the road to get married to this new husband because that is the only way she could be safe in her eyes. Oh my so goodness. now these kids get picked up. They're trafficked. They're forced into prostitution. Um, they're, they get their organs harvested all yeah, the yeah yeah so i was just gonna actually hit you on that one the organ harvesting yeah so that's a thing out there too yeah and they you get organs that they they sell the organs basically yeah it's like the trafficking but a trafficking of organs oh my gosh you know what? it's so interesting it's so crazy how the world is so dark and this is why jesus has to come again yeah you know? no yeah it's sad but but and, and yeah. until that time we got to keep getting we just got to keep getting out in front of people and letting mm-hmm. them know that god loves them yeah and that he, you know. Yeah. So even for example, right, we went to a slum one night and this is one of the slums. I, we, there was like a small house church and we did worship. And even when we pulled up in the slum, there was a lot of slimy guys around. But my friend, you know, we went with a couple of our, our guy friends. And even when we got out of the car, just the way that they look at women. Right. Just the way that they were catcalling certain things. Really? Even like walking up to my friend who's like, who are these chicks? You know, like, like. <laughs> It is, it's very dark. Yeah, that's scary. It's very sad. And so basically, you know, so that's why a lot of these kids, you know, you know, there's a lot of orphans, a lot of orphanages in India, but it's sad because there's actually a movie that came out. I think that was popular for a while on Netflix called Lion. And it was about this. Yeah. You've probably seen it. It's Mm -hmm. this young boy, you know, who got lost, you know, from a village in India found himself at an orphanage, got adopted here into the U.S. And it was, and even his journey in India where just people do just pick up kids or what happens is that you might get over here in the U.S. You have pimps that will prostitute people out. But with children, what they often do is that they'll have a bunch of kids. They obviously pimp them out sexually. But what they do is that they have them go out and they sell a certain amount of items to like people. And if they come back without those, like a certain amount of money, they get beaten, you know, all these things. And so it is a very, that's another vicious cycle that's happening in India. But anyway, so this girl, we were at this school, this girl, you know, we're, I'm talking to these girls and there's just, this is their daily life. Yeah. Daily life of, they can't even go to school and come back. Or a lot of these, these, these kids, their parents leave very early in the morning. I'm talking 4am and they come back late at night just to provide enough food for them. So these kids are raising themselves. And this girl was telling me, you know, she was crying and crying because I did the same thing. I said, if you've been, I had them close their eyes. I'm like, if you've been sexually abused, raise your hands. And she was just crying with her hand raised. I pulled her aside after and I said, I said, you know, I have that same story. And I told her, I said, you know, what happened? And she said it had happened two years earlier. You know, she was out just like going to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, just just a normal day. Coming, walking home from soccer practice, right? 
you know, she was raped and she said because of that, she had had a lot of issues, you know, like depression or just different things. And, and of course, when that happens, there's no value for women, there's no value for women. Um, and of course, because of that, when that happens to you, you're kind of seen as like, when they speak up about it, people tell them, well, you were probably asking for it. Yeah, of course. It's probably your fault, right? Yeah. And so this girl, you know, just sharing with her the love of Christ, mm-hmm. showing her just the redemption that she has in Christ. It, you could see how the gospel and who what Christ was, the same Jesus that gave women back their value, who are seen as nothing in biblical times, is the same Jesus that's doing it today. Yeah. And the lives yeah. of these girls in India and things that they have never talked about because it's a culture of shame. Yeah. Right? Now they're opening up, and they, which mm-hmm. that's probably frees them a lot too because when you're carrying all that yeah then you're actually hearing it that there's other people going through it and then you're yeah. sharing with them with, with god yeah. yeah there's freedom can come through that even though they're in that crazy yeah. situation yeah wow yeah all right well what um well it sounds like india was heavy yeah it was super heavy but heavy. it was so good so that's why i want to encourage the listeners too yeah. you know is that there's so there's all of these things happening in India, but in the midst of that, during my trip, I saw the Lord truly yeah. open open up these girls' eyes for them to see their worth in Christ. Yeah, these Hindu and Muslim girls gave their lives to Jesus. Yep, um, the widows, right? God is doing an amazing work with yeah. the widows, the orphans, and so in the midst of that, God is commissioning the believers in India to be the answer to these issues in their yeah. countries, which is what I'm seeing, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. We'll keep going out there. When's your next trip? It's coming. I'm um, going in November to December. November. So everybody, keep Christina in prayer. Yeah. And you're also uh, about to take off here in a couple of days to Chile. Yeah. With uh, my mom and her crew. Yeah. And then meet up with Sebastian down there in Iquique, Chile. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna hit Santiago, Chile. And then I think like Vina and a couple other, it's like seven cities you said? Yeah, so we're going to Vina del Mar, we're going to Varbariso, we're going to Quilpue, um, we're going up to Iquique, Altos Picio, uh, Calama, and Tafagasta. And so, yeah, those are the areas we're going to. And the, and the same thing, like Sebastian even told me a couple days ago, he was like, you know, the most communist school in Vina Del Mar has opened the doors for are us to come in. Are you serious? It's right around the corner from their Congress. Obviously, you know you're going back to Chile uh, actually this month. So yeah. you've pumped on going back to Iquique and then plus all the other, I think you're going to seven other cities. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like we, you know, we all toured there in November of last year, you know, uh, your dad and the guys came down for a pastor's conference, which was awesome. And I think when I was there in Chile, you know, there was just so many of these girls just that every girl I talked to at the schools, Mm -hmm. it was just like, like there was even a school that you did. I think that was one your dad went to one day and you know, and you're just, you spoke that day into the altar call, but you're like, Hey guys, Christine is here. And in her story, she's gone through all these things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you just named a few things. And I had like a line of girls I like you would have, yeah. Yep. Like how it would be at a church event and mm-hmm. just girl after girls coming crying. And I'm having Sebastian helping me translate and we're praying for these girls. And it happened with all the schools. And so the Lord was just really stirring my heart in December of last year when I got back and I was like, man, Lord. So he just kind of put a vision in my heart to go back and, to go back in the schools and to, to do a girls conference. And, you know, I talked to you, you're like, dude, yes. I talked to your mom. Literally the moment I asked your mom, she was like, yes, I will send you. Dude, it wasn't amazing. even like, I was trying to plan like the perfect time to talk to her. I'm like, okay, I'm going to yeah. share with her my vision. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was going to get it. Yeah. Plan, yeah. yeah. I'll have the whole game plan. It was one day after women's study. She was like, there's my colorful girl. How are you? I was like, Oh, I've been wanting to talk to you. Cause you know, we're all busy, you know? Yeah. 
And she was like, oh, like, tell me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I told her, and without flinching, she was like, I will send you. And it just truly has turned into this beautiful trip. Mm-hmm. 30, she, 30 schools yeah. plus the women's conference and yeah. the other Yeah, the girls' conference we're yeah. doing. We're doing prisons. We're doing three skate contests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a full-on. Yeah, yeah we're doing a full-on tour. thing. Yeah, so. You know, it, you picked up on the mega tours where I left off. I was doing yeah. mega tours. And then all of a sudden, and that's when you guys were all being raised up, yeah. and now you guys are continuing the big mega tours. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, so that's thousands and thousands of kids. Yeah. Uh, in a short yeah. period of time, amazing. Yeah. So I'm really excited. You know, like uh, Lexi's based out of Calvary, Reno. You know, and they're yeah. like they love her, so they're supporting for her to come. You know, and then um, I have uh, you know, uh, Callie, um, uh, Tyler's wife. Is she going? She's coming. Yeah, she's coming that last week. We're in Akike. That's amazing. So her church is funding for her to come too. Yes. And I she she came out to um to Texas with me, you know, when I was in Texas and she stayed with me and just saw the Lord use her life. And her and her husband, they do skate park ministry. Mm -hmm. So the Lord totally blessed her for her trip. And so she's gonna be staying with us that week. And I saw the her like share her story. And it was funny. We were even in Texas, and I'm like, at this point, I'm doing like worship. I'm bringing my guitar. We're doing mm. the message, the afterglow and everything. And there was a day that I was like, hey, man, can you help me sing? She's like, yeah, yeah, because I'm like, my voice is going out. And she sang so well. I'm like, bro, where were you Are all you week? Serious? Yeah. So I'm like, let me just play good chords in the back and, and you, you sing. sing. Dude, that's and so, amazing. And Callie has an amazing story, too, you know, of just going through all these things these girls have gone through. And mm. so she, she's like, Tyler's sending her with some of their skate product, you know, for a skate contest. Mm-hmm. She's going to be sharing at the girls' conference. So it's cool because I see the Lord raising like Lexi up and Callie up, you know, yep. and Callie's just coming that last week, but Lexi will be with me for two weeks. And we were at a school in Chile and, and we were actually at a sports school, right? It was the last oh, day. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was cool because I that, didn't go that day because yeah, I was studying. Yeah, but it was cool because that same team where it's me, Lexi and Sebastian is the yeah. same team for this time. Dude, it's going to be amazing. And, um, and it was cool because Lexi, and it, was, it wasn't even, I didn't even ask her. We were at a school that Sebastian was, you know, they always tell us about the school. Sebastian said, you know, all these kids at this school, mm-hmm. they all play uh, professionally for Chile, soccer mm-hmm. and all these things. Right. And so Lexi was, like she was like hey christina can i share my story with these kids you know Mm -hmm. she used to be a pro snowboarder yeah and has a testimony with that and i was like you're up to bat dude and so i told her i said dude okay do the altar call she's like no 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 i'll share and then you do the altar call and i was like okay cool dude so i'm thinking yeah no worries dude but (laughs) you're gonna do the whole thing so she gets up she's like yeah i'll just do like five minutes and then so she's like 12 minutes in right I'm like, take it home, Lexi, take it home. She does an altar call. All these kids come forward. She's praying for them. And I was like, yeah, we have it. She's got it, you know. She has it. God, yeah. God did that. I know. I saw that photo and I was like, I told her, I said, yeah. hey, Lexi, I said, you know, God's given you the, not only you have the story, you yeah. know, and, and it's so relatable. It wasn't like the drugs and alcohol, but it was like the, it was like competition and, and competitive and, and, yeah. and discipline and, and like an athlete, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she talked to, about body image. She yeah. talked about suicide, all this stuff. Yeah. And it was cool because I was even on the phone with Lexi a couple days ago. I'm like, you know, just getting, we're getting ready for Chile because I leave Monday. And she's like, Christina, she was like telling me, she's like, dude, it's been a crazy couple weeks. I'm like, why? She's like, she's hosting, long story short, a youth conference. She's a, she pitched a, a vision for a youth conference to her church at Calvary Reno. Yeah. 
3,000 kids from her whole area in Reno are coming together no for this conference way. that she's hosting. Dude, that's, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. For a youth conference? Yeah. That is massive. So Lexi's like, I've been planning it. She's like putting together this whole stuff. And I see her now. I think she's 22 now. And just how the Lord's using her life. So when we go to Chile, we're basically just switching off. Like, I'm going to do a school. She's going to do a school. Sebastian's going to do a school. Dude, that's perfect. Skate I, contest. I, you know, I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah. Because now she she did that one, but now she's going to get in more. And, and yeah. with all three of you guys, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah. Last time, it was it was really cool in Chile. Well, you know what really just blows my mind is that Chile actually kind of has, like, communism um, embedded in their new government. So the fact that you guys are able – to mm-hmm. go back and go into the schools. And even in like the, you guys are going to Santiago, which is the main Chile. Oh yeah. So we're not doing schools in Santiago, but okay. we're going to be on the coast in Viña, Valparaiso yeah, right. and El Quisco. Well, well, yeah, yeah. well that whole area, I it's mean, very common. You got to understand like, like the coast is only uh 40 minutes, I think from, yeah, for from sure. Santiago. Yeah. So you're still in the hub yeah. where Iquique is in the very North. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you guys are still in, in the belly of, you know, the beast down there, but yeah. that's amazing that God's opening those doors and I cannot wait to hear yeah. uh, the stories. Yeah. And, and we're actually, I was talking to, to Sebastian a couple of days ago. He's like, dude, the, the most communist school, you know, in Varbariso yeah. is allowing us to come in. Wow. And he's like, it's right around the corner. It's like, and they're only five minutes apart. He's like, it's right around the corner from the Congress building. He's like, yeah, I think the principal just looked at the form and was like, cool, cool. You guys can come in. He's like, I don't think they know that you guys are going to pray. And God I was opens thinking, the doors. Like, yeah, he does. Maybe he blinded them, but their gospel yeah. was going to go forth and people were going to get saved. So many kids. That, that happened to us when we were in Akiki. I remember there was that one, there was that one um, guy that was there. Was, he was a teacher and, and, and Sebastian's like, yeah, that guy, he hates God. He's anti-Christian ever since I gave, gave my life to God because they, they used to play music together yeah. once he gave his life to God he stopped talking to him yeah. and he was there and I yeah. remember I, I introduced him yeah. he introduced me to him and then yeah. while I was speaking he was so mad he was so yeah. angry and all kinds of kids got saved yeah. it was epic yeah. and you know God's going to keep doing it so yeah. keep Christina in prayer um, and keep all the missionaries in prayer in uh, and, and, the, and the people that are doing the work in India and the people in India and pray for Christina and the team as they go down to Chile that God will open the doors and many will get saved and that people will literally go after Christ and get discipled. Because, you know, uh, Sebastian, he's a pastor down there in Iquique. And yeah. then we, you guys are going to be uh, with all the other uh, Chile pastors. I mean, we have several churches that are church planted from this yeah. church. So you're going to be within... Uh, with all those pastors, and what's going to be awesome, they get to actually see it yeah. uh, live because last time they weren't there for our school tour. Mm. So now when you guys go down, they're going to actually see it down in their cities yeah. happening mm-hmm. uh, with the outreach. And then you guys got churches that are that are yeah. boots on the ground there. So Yeah, and one thing that's cool is that we're going to this one area that's right outside of uh, Iquique called Antofagasta and Kalama, and basically... Um, this is there's a guy there that wants to start a Bible study mm. to plant a church. And so Sebastian said he's going to be going up there a couple times yep. a month. And so this tour is going to be the start of planting of a church with all the kids. And we're doing a big like event in the town square. Yeah. <laughs> the mayor of the city was like, can we provide for you guys a stage with like lights? We Hook were like, it sure. up. Yeah. It's like Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah God, where God guides, God provides. That's a yeah. big thing within, within our movement. We, uh, Chuck, Chuck Smith told us that. And you know what? It's so true. Yeah. That's how you know that he's in it because he's going to get it done. He's going to provide every step of the way. Yeah. Well, keep her in prayer. Um, go to the whosoever's.com and actually book us. Book Christina to come out to your state, to your city. Uh, we are touring all over the globe constantly 
invading the public schools. That's the battleground, bottom line. You've heard the story today. No matter where you go, India to Chile to basically right here in Orange County, California, or L.A., or Florida, it's all the same. Kids are going through the same stuff, and we are living in crazy times. People need to know that God is real. His name is Jesus Christ, and he wants to have a relationship with them. Check out uh, thewhoservers.com. Check out uh, YouTube. Go to um, our YouTube and type in Ryan Reese Official, and you can subscribe to the YouTube uh, station and get all the past shows and get them, share them. There's tons of stories of tours. There's tons of uh, interviews. There's question and answers. I have really amazing guests on, and we have years and years of content for you guys to go through, get disciple, get filled with the Spirit, read the Word of God, and have God uh, just transform your life. We love you guys, and thank you. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. 